Hey everybody, it's Jacqueline and Alana, and welcome back to another episode of Black and Yellow. Woohoo! Beep 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 beep. <laughs> Spoiler alert: We're talking about a movie today. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you haven't. It's on Disney Plus. I think you know what we're talking about. Uh, if you haven't seen it. And you do not want the movie spoiled. <laughs> um, go ahead and stop listening to this episode. Go watch this reboot and come back and join us. Or if you are like me and you're not up on the latest releases and spoilers happen and, you know, you're not bothered by them. Hang out. Listen yeah. some more. We're happy check, to have you either way. Check it out because we're going to get it. <laughs> we're going to get into it, y'all. Yep. So we're fresh off of Labor Day weekend, which was and quite frankly, continues to still be an intense time here in California with wildfires raging. Um, there's wildfires raging here as well as Oregon and Washington. And it's a scary time. Uh, yep. There's a fresh coating of ash on our cars, our houses, our streets every single morning. Mm-hmm. Um, the air quality is really bad. Yeah, very dense. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are being evacuated from their homes. Some people have lost their lives. Oh, it's a really intense time. So if you are a listener and you've been affected by the fires, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you because we know it's a really difficult time on top of the already very difficult time that the pandemic, our ineffective government mm-hmm. and all of the social uprisings that are happening all at the same time. I know that this fire on top of it is right. um, like only... fueling it. Exactly. It, that's what yeah. it feels like. At least the fire season is just raging. It's like yeah. everything that's been happening, I feel like is it's it's very meta. But yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah it's a culmination of disasters. It's like yeah. a, a public health disaster, yeah. a government disaster. Now we've For got sure. natural disasters. Ooh. I can't take any more disasters. This is 2020 is quite the year, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, well, absolutely. We're all in this together. And we thought we yep. would bring a lighter episode full of joy anger i'm not too sure which one (laughs) yeah i mean we're totally indulging our inner tweens because we are talking about the highly anticipated freshly rebooted disney film mulan Mm -hmm. uh which i know we were both very excited to see and now can't wait to talk about i know you have many thoughts yes yes i i mean i'm sure many asian americans who were between the eras of i don't know late 80s and all of 90s you know that, that era of mm-hmm. of snow white sleeping beauty cinderella um jasmine like all all of that was so much of our childhoods because we didn't have netflix we didn't have we had vcr you know what i mean like we didn't even have <laughs> dvds i'd like i'd like i'd like aladdin vcr one and two Fucking, have you heard oh, that word man. it's been a while we, right? we had vcr, VCR. So the like, original DVR. I'm sure some the new kids would be like, Ugh. "What? What is a VCR?" Well, we're old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I just wanted to share with you guys, obviously, because especially during that era, I think it was like the earliest sort of representation and like badass representation that we got as Asian Americans. It was like the first time, like it's like we were seen by Disney, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and that was huge. And also the type of 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 warrior that that you know you had mentioned earlier that she was or is um was so big and profound and set such an example for for young girls all over the place, I think. 
Yeah. And I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, I know that this Disney, this is the second big push for Disney in terms of like putting Asian representation, um, pushing it forward. Because before the original Mulan that was released in 1998, there was Joy Luck Club, which I think was Disney. Um, so yeah, I'm actually no. I looked it up. Joyla Club was not Disney. It was like oh, it was not Disney. It was not Disney. But I think I do think that's where Mayna Wang got her kind of her foot in the door. Um, Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. I know. Disney yeah, because her like, like voice work in that movie, Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I do think Crazy Rich Asians was like 2019. Regardless, was like the year for Asians. Um, but in terms of inclusivity and diversity and just really pushing forward. So I do think Disney wants to do that. And I think they started with Mulan in a way. Um, you can tell I have thoughts about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can tell. I can tell. Well, so what were your like childhood memories of Mulan? Um, the, the music, the, the songs, um, the fact that she dressed up as a boy and (laughs) like, like there's just so many hilarious scenes of her, you know, like pretending to be a man, not knowing how to like hawk a loogie, um, being naked in, in the, in in the pond with all these like beasts, right. You would call them like dirty soldiers, like, (laughs) like. Like that's how they portray them, like these dirty animals. Like, and she's you know dainty. She's a woman, um, and and so just just it was also too. Mulan was so funny. She was so charming. Like mm. right mm-hmm. from the start, you know, she like she's so smart. She like puts a bone on her dog so she doesn't have to like uh with the with the chicken feed. So her she doesn't have to go feed the chickens. She makes her dog do it. Like genius. You know what yeah. I mean? So. So mm-hmm. just she was just so charming, so funny, so likable, and so brave. Like all of the things that that the movie um, wanted to encompass. I don't know if they did, um, but like <laughs> it was just it was just so well done. Um, yeah, I mean, I loved all of it. So definitely, yeah, man. Mulan is a queer icon. Don't you forget it, and don't sleep on her. Um, but I I agree with you. I really loved the movie growing up. Mulan was a badass sword slinging hero and I fucked with it very heavy and quite frankly I think I remember Mulan so well because her story didn't end in a meeting Prince Charming and getting married super unconventional yeah her story ended in getting to keep her family together her father safe and was essentially deemed a hero so I thought that was a really different awesome ending for a Disney movie that I had ever seen Um, There was also war in Mulan, which I, as a teen, was like, what? I'm seeing war in a Disney film. And then the Disney princess, which I don't know if she's technically more of a heroine. Yeah. But because she's in the sort of Disney context of the time, it's like, well, she's also technically a princess. But I think that word princess sort of sells her and her abilities short. Right. Totally. But I digress. Um, (laughs) It was wild to see war and then a Disney princess going to war in a Disney film. Right. Like absolutely. Her her prince wasn't fighting for her. Right. No. She fought like she was her own prince. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And quite frankly, I so Mulan came out like during the height of the Disney store era, 
where mm-hmm. like every major mall oh had a God. Disney store. They were all yes. way too loud, brightly colored, and all sort of had a funny kind of Disney smell that Lots seemed of glitter. to permeate. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> so much glitter and so many tulle skirts or and tulle dresses. Um, and I remember really badly wanting Mulan merch, uh-huh. but it was like an unspoken rule that like we black the blackest thing that disney had at the time was lion king so you will be getting lion king merch yeah exclusively wow that's so funny (sighs) i mean yeah and then like considering the question of like who's your favorite disney princess it's like well i guess nala but she's not really like a person she's an animal so i guess i have to choose princess jasmine by default right the most melanated of the disney princesses but she's not really black whatever like you know minority teenage identity trying to figure itself out (laughs) yeah i mean i'm sure many girls can relate i mean they didn't come out with um tiana um no right until i think i was like an adult yeah we were i think we were like at least like almost graduated or on the way to graduating high school or Mm -hmm. something like it was it was it was like it wouldn't have struck a chord as deep as if if tiana princess and the frog right i think came out when you were you know let's say six or like 10 you know yeah so definitely difference yeah absolutely all right (sighs) well before we get into it of course we're gonna put our money where our mouth is um and uh do you want to go first Sure. Yeah, I'll kick it off. So, okay, we are easing into fall, folks, very easily, very slowly, but we're getting there. (laughs) Fall (laughs) in LA, it feels like it just, once the sun comes up, it's like, is fall ever going to get here? It's coming. I I can feel it. It's confusing. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. The fires don't help. No, not Um, at all. And with with fall comes in like cozy times. I know that when fall's here, the cozy times are coming (laughs) as well. And nothing to me says cozy quite like new bedding, new home decor, new pillows. I always think of fall and sleeping really well and like really bundled because it's so chilly. And so if you are looking for a new home project in this time of semi-quarantine, if you have a, a home decor skill and you're looking to spruce up your place, check out The Jungalo. On Instagram, Ooh. it's at The Jungalo or uh, jungalo.com. It is a one-stop shop for bohemian modern home decor. And it's got all things colorful, patternful, and jungleicious. <laughs> and it is owned by Justine Blakeney. She is the she's a designer, an artist, and a author of a New York Times best-selling book called The New Bohemians. And she is also the founder of the jungalos and her designs which span from wallpaper to bedding to pillows to i am not a home decor person but any other small things you would put in a home to really make it feel warm and cozy she's got all of that and she is inspiring us to decorate wild y'all so Mm -hmm. if you are looking to spruce up your place if you have been in your house for the past six months and you're like i am sick of these white walls and that eggshell colored accent (laughs) wall i just need a change hop on to jungalo.com or at the jungalo on instagram seriously her designs are beautiful and colorful and will absolutely uh make you want to stay home i love that name it's so it's great fun 
It's so great. And her designs are even better. Check it out, y'all. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to check it out for sure. Because when you said (laughs) when you said egg white wall, I just looked around and I went, you were like, huh, is she talking to me? (laughs) Yes, egg white wall right behind me. I mean, we need Um, a reason to want to stay home. Like, that's a great one. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think throughout COVID, people really, you know, besides all the projects and gardening Mm -hmm. and all the DIY, but I'm sure people were like, how can I make home? as fun as possible after this how can i nest even if i'm not bringing a new child into the world how can i make my house a home and really like make it feel warm and cozy yeah absolutely. it's super important i don't know if people think about that enough and i'm sure they thought about it throughout this these months totally um so i've been wanting to feature this company for a while now um just because i love their story um i love their designs um i've heard um great testimonials from these companies. I have a lot of friends who've tried their skincare line. Um, so I, and a lot of Asian Americans do know about mm-hmm. the skincare line. It's called Tatcha. Um, and the, the story behind it is really cool. Um, it's centered around the, the founder, Victoria Tsai. Um, so she suffered from acute dermatitis um, growing up or just in general. And I think that really pushed her to have this awareness um, of the importance of ingredients um, on the skin. Um, so she actually did the work. She traveled east. Um, she went to Japan and she really discovered, I mean, Japanese people have like a very, I mean, so most Asians, Koreans too, have a very like, you know, intense skin routine or skin <laughs> traditions. Um, and so she discovered, um, you know, the world of skincare, beauty, craftsmanship, heritage, all in Japan. Um, and she actually had an encounter with a modern day geisha that changed her life. It was super cool. Um, Victoria Tsai is actually Taiwanese, so woohoo, um, woo, woo, woo. Uh, represent. Um, but she, Learned the beauty secrets passed down by generations and took a different approach to skin skincare that less is more. And I love that. Like, I, that's one of the mottos I live by. Um, that's why we work, Jackie, because I'm a more is more kind of person. <laughs> you are. Yeah. The yin and the yang. We balance. There you each other go. <laughs> um, so she definitely took a lot of time and care and energy to, you know, uh, test her ingredients. Um, she really wanted to capture, you know, that ancient, I guess, ancient style of skincare and philosophy um, and traditions. Um, she she like studied all the oldest, you know, beauty treatments in Japan. Um, so today, um, the scientists in Japan work with the U.S. and they create each formula from scratch, advancing time-honored beauty practices for fast-paced modern life, which it hasn't, we haven't been very fast-paced in the last six months, but (laughs) we are in the modern life. And I know women are always thinking and wanting to better their skin, um, you know, to, to have a combination of like the, the, the inside and the outside, um, which is kind of my thing going on too, which is how can I, whatever I'm putting on my face from the outside help, um, you know, whatever's coming from the inside. Um, so she You're does killing her- it, Jackie. Your skin looks great. <laughs> well, thank you. I think it's the lighting. <laughs> maybe, it's the, it, maybe it's the balance off these egg-shelled, egg egg-white-shelled, off-white <laughs> walls. I don't even know what you said, but whatever you said was way more specific than I did. Um, so... 
So, yeah, check them out. Tatcha, her story is really wonderful and it really goes to show she really put in the work to um, give to us something that would really work, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's owned by an Asian American female. Um, so check them out guys. It's uh tatcha.com and it's really simple on Instagram. It's at tatcha. That's T A T C H. Think like matcha, but tatcha. Ha ha. <laughs> I know your girl Aquafina likes the line. I feel like she uses a, their travel size face sprays. Cause I remember when I was traveling last year, I was like, how do I not dry out my face? And Aquafina and her amazing skin crossed my computer screen. And I was like, Ooh, yes, that face spray. I want it. Cause your skin always looks amazing. So yeah, yeah. I will drop links to this in the show notes. But with all of that said, Jackie, Shall hmm. we get into Mulan? Let's get into it. I got my shovel. Shall we talk about if the movie was as swift as a coursing river with all the force of a great typhoon? Oh, Let's man. do it. Well, I have to ask, what were your like initial reactions after you saw the reboot? Like quick and dirty initial reactions. Um, okay, I let out quite a bit of size. Um, I shook my head. <laughs> this is the physical reaction, you guys. I, sh- I I let out a couple sighs. I mean, if you guys know me or don't know me, but you can just imagine, you know, like, and then a couple, you know, a couple head shakes, you know, disapproving, kind of marinating in 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 what I just witnessed. Um, I think for me, I think the reason why I think I had a, a like a like a worse feeling at the end. I think it's honestly because the ending for me was worse than the beginning. So uh, for me, it was like, it was like, you know, think about like, it's like, it's like, I'm, I, it's like a steady line. And then instead of it going up, which mm-hmm. we all want it to, um, it went mm-hmm. down. And I think I was just left with disappointment. Um, the feeling of disappointment, um, a little bit of, of, uh, I wouldn't call it rage, but <laughs> a little bit of if anger. rage, call it what it is. <laughs> yeah, there was, I would say, a, a smidge of rage. Um, and, and just an overall, like, I guess more of just a disappointment and sadness. Like, it just, like, felt really let down, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I know I'm not just speaking um, for myself, because I know many <laughs> of my fellow Asian Americans can also agree. Um and those who don't agree, I'm like, I'm sure like great because I'm sure Disney needs you. So I'm not going <laughs> to like, I'm not going to step on anyone's toes. Um, but, you know, it is I think, too, it's very personal. Right. So yeah. it was very, 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 very personal. And so I think I took it personal. Um, yeah, in that of sense. course. But yeah. Yeah. I am. Um... What was yours? <laughs> the two words that came to mind were somber. Mm. And, and earnest mm. like the original the animated that came out in 1998 there was something much lighter I laughed a lot more yeah I didn't laugh nearly as much no. in it this was, reboot it was like very one noted yeah I mean it, don't get me wrong the movie the original and the reboot both contained a lot of really important life lessons that even watching it as a kid and quite frankly, in college, are are great lessons to learn. I feel like this reboot felt like a lot of lessons and not a lot of entertainment value, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think Disney really wanted to play on the entertainment being, you know, like the way it looked, 
No, it was very beautiful. Yeah. The colors were great. It was just very showy. Um, you know, th- they play on that kind of like what they did with Aladdin. It was just like a lot. Mm. Like they have enough money to bring in all the elephants from India. You know Everywhere. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So so I get it, but I, I think like it, it was tough. I like I actually if if we are going with the one note one noted way that they did i didn't mind yifei so much okay but i think there was just so much opportunity to make it funny and to like milan in the cartoon yeah. so charming you definitely know? and Wait, yes for sure i think so i think a couple things i think um in terms of they're like two different Hold on. I don't want to get too deep into character because I feel like this is going to be a very separate tangent. Let me let me finish by saying this. Right. I know this is an unpopular opinion and I'm going to say it anyways. I missed the music. I understand that it wasn't supposed to be a musical. I understand that movie musicals rub people in all kinds of ways. Some good, some bad, some questionable. But. A lot of times in a Disney movie, the in a Disney movie musical, the music is there to push the story along and to help us create a deeper understanding and emotional connection to the characters. Both of those things, I think, were gravely missed in mm-hmm. this film. It mm-hmm. dragged for me at certain points. And I also yeah. don't feel like I got to know the characters as deeply. Right. My One of my friends said something really, really, really... Like, I didn't even think about it, but I, like, subconsciously knew it because obviously I had felt it or not felt it. He pretty much said, like, you don't get to experience, like, the emotion. You don't get to have, like, an emotional effect from the movie. I And I would agree with this individual. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Like, like, there isn't that, like, heart-wrenching, like, you're, like, sweating, you're, like, nervous. Like, maybe a little bit, but you, you just don't. You don't feel like t- like t- what is am I trying to say? Like you don't feel tied to them. Like you don't get to yeah. move through it. You know. Hmm. Yeah. For sure. I mean, here's the thing. I realized that the stakes for this reboot were very, very high. Yeah. For sure. People loved the 1998 animated version. You know, and you know, when you have when you're a kid and you see something and then it becomes rebooted as an adult, you've got all these expectations and hopes sort of attached to it. So it had some pretty big armor to fill. Yeah. And it wasn't like this is just some random remake. Like this is a remake of a film that in 1998 was a a blockbuster film for Asian American representation. It was a breakthrough moment. Right. And so you were essentially sort of re not only were you remaking the movie, but you were remaking everything that was tied to that. And I feel like when you have such big expectations, it's you're just bound to not yeah. fill them all sadly. Because right. I mean, if you think about the original one in 1990 in 1998, it, there was no Asian, so there was no white characters. There were white voiceover actors voicing Asian characters, and Disney caught heat for that, but there were no white characters for such a massive blockbuster film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in that regard, I it was a really visually arresting letdown. <laughs> you like, yeah, you said honest. it. I, I, to be honest, right. I mean, right from the beginning, it was almost like I was prepared to be disappointed. 
right? Because like you said, I knew it wasn't going to live up to the expectations I had, but also just because I've seen Disney do so many remakes, like Beauty and the Beast, um, you know, uh, oh my God, Lady and the Tramp. Like I just, and I like, I was let down by all of those. So Mm. I just, I kind of knew already, but I was, I was ready to be like visually like stunned, right? Yeah, for sure. Because there's something that you can't do in cartoons that you can do in live action, mm-hmm. um, which I think they they attempted, and I think they did most of that. But because because there wasn't like it wasn't grounded in any like truth for me, it didn't really matter how beautiful the shots were or mm. where they were or the you know the the, the angles of the cinematography. Like it, it, unfortunately, it just it didn't it didn't stick. Um, but yeah, I I, I agree I feel with you. you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if we want to, if we want to dissect it, leave it a little further. Sure. Um, let's talk about Mulan cartoon and Mulan current Mulan. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You want to start with characters? Yes. Okay. So shall we start with the absence of a character or Mulan <laughs> herself? Which Which would you like to go with? Oh boy, either is just so much. I could write like a thesis statement on this uh, movie um, <laughs> and graduate. Um, you know, I think I am. Here's the thing: there is so much that encompass, and you and I both know because we we're actresses and we know mm-hmm. we know the decisions behind casting someone mm-hmm. is not always based. On, on talent, talent mm-hmm. and not always based on maybe what is necessarily needed, not always the director's choice. Right. Um, you know, there's just it. Unfortunately, like many things in the world, oftentimes casting the lead is political. Absolutely. And I think because. OK, so originally, let's just give it a little historical context. Mulan yep. is a fable. Mulan yep. was written as like this this fable. And so you can interpret it and make it so many different ways, which people have in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was like a Colin Farrell movie that came out like years, years ago, but they didn't call it Mulan. It was just like based on the fable. I know China has done it a bunch of times, which would be interesting to watch those. But then Disney, you know, adapted it and made it into a cartoon. Yeah. Um. So I think I honestly... I, I mean, I'm not Nikki Carl, so I don't know. But <laughs> it really did feel like casting Yifei Lu was enough a political choice yes. to me. Yes. Let me actually just fill in a couple of details right there. And then I want to get back to her because I actually have a question for you. So the fable mm-hmm. is called The Ballad of Mulan. And Nikki Caro, who is the director of the live action, she's from New Zealand. She's uh, done films like Whale Rider, The Zookeeper's Wife, McFarlane USA and North Country. And she is currently in pre-production uh, for the film Beautiful Ruins, which is based on the novel by Jess Walter. And she's known for making films about strong and nuanced women who challenge and defy the patriarchy. And she's had a long tradition of going into very specific communities and telling culture-based stories, says Mm. Mulan producer Jason Reed. Which leads me to my question for you about the star of Mulan. This is her first crossover into American market, correct? Yes. 
she's a huge star in China, correct? She's, she's not a huge star in China. She oh. is a, she is enough of a of a star in China. And I think ah. they they piggyback off of that. She was like, I think what made her famous in China was this specific series i'm not sure my brother watched it he talked a little bit about it um but i think she's up and coming enough i want to like mm. who's a who's a good like anal um or like a op like opposite here in america i'm not too sure but maybe like um she's like a remember? b list trying to rise to the a list kind of a thing yeah like she's almost a list just because okay. of, and i think because of um you remember that series called like the descent, not the descendants. Um, it's like a, the book series with Shailene Woodley. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. It, so I, I would almost oh, the movie. Compare, yes. With George yeah, Clooney. Uh -huh. I would almost come. No, sorry. Not descendants. Um, that like futuristic. It was like a three book series where they go into the future. Anyways, I think because I think descendants with Shailene Woodley was after she had made those movies, but it was like just right where she like booked a huge blockbuster and and became super famous because of that. And so I think her status in China and then booking Milan really like propelled her into that category. Okay, I'm asking because we'll get to the controversies surrounding uh, the lead of Mulan later, but I, I I'm asking because I wonder if the controversy that she is wrapped up in was a political way of making her of helping her to raise her status in mm. China, like a political move. But um, okay, we can get to that a little bit later. I um, I agree with you. I I think what you're getting at is, and I will I'll, I'll say it for you. <laughs> she wasn't the best in terms of 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 acting capability i mean she wasn't the most captivating mulan no i mean i think she did a like a she she like not, wasn't solid but but i didn't have like it, it like it was just one it was enough of a one noted performance and so here's often the thing when i see things like that is that how she was directed I know. I was thinking that, too. Or is that how she chose to play the character? Because I agree with you. I don't like the acting in the film writ large didn't necessarily grab me. Mm -mm. But I always wonder in those situations, like we've been on sets where we've had an idea and we've been told to go with a different idea. And like maybe the different idea is what they end up using in the spot or in the project. And we have no control over that. That's just the way that we've been directed to play this role so i hear what you're saying i think a big part of the letdown for me of of her cast is in this version mulan didn't lean into playing a guy enough like yeah. she did in the animated and that was yeah. sort of the the humor that was always kind of the running joke of right. the animated and that's where a lot of the the humor came from came from that and also came from Mushu. We'll get to Mushu. Um, oh, we got to get to Mushu. We have to get to Mushu. <laughs> um she she has a, she has very a, a very feminine look straight on. Yeah, she looks like a woman. She walks like a woman. Yeah. Her, hand, her, like her hands, you know. Yeah. And and when I I had the the original animated on as I was prepping this episode, I would keep stealing looks at the TV and going Huh, like in, in the animated Mulan is really leaning into being a man and really doing the deep voice thing <laughs> yeah. and keeping her, keeping her head covered and keeping her head down and like keeping her chest wrapped and like, yeah, it kind of felt like we didn't lean into that enough totally to have that on. be comedic, if that makes sense. 
Right, right. I think they they really rested on and relied on like you know that whole bit. Spoiler, beep beep beep. Um, where <laughs> he's like, they're all all the soldiers are out, and the general or the second in command or whatever is like, you know, he's like cheating or sorry, not cheating. He's like lying, mm-hmm. stealing, penalty, death. Like he had that whole bit yeah. where he was, and I think they really rested and relied on telling, tell, like making her uh, a woman and using other things to make us be worried about her. Yeah. Versus her herself actually taking that on, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like I think for that sure. air, that 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 moment also too in the when she goes to finally shower. Um, in the pond, another spoiler alert, y'all. Um, <laughs> like there was just so like he could have gotten closer to her, you know. She could yeah. have like ducked her head. Like there was just so much there, and I think they just missed. It's like they just missed the mark on everything slightly for me. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I feel like the film overall was a little bit watered down, if you will. Yeah. I think also character difference wise between the animated and the original, the animated and the reboot in the animated Mulan's not necessarily not necessarily a warrior from the beginning. Yeah, she's she's she is very willing to go to war, but she shows no sort of promise of being a warrior. She doesn't just have the strength to do that. Yeah. I mean, think about it in the animated. If she were a competent fighter, we would we would have never gotten that brilliant warrior training montage sent to Donnie Osmond singing about making men out of spineless, pale, pathetic lots of men who need to prepare for battle. Like we wouldn't have that. She was uh, a little bit more bumbling and sort of a reluctant warrior or a reluctant um reluctant potential hero i would say right as so, opposed to a warrior i have a this is like one of the biggest issue for me and it's almost insulting what they oh. did is because chi okay, uh-huh uh-huh the direct translation of chi means energy Right. And you derive that from air. Right. If you look at Mm -hmm. in real life, if you look at all the people in China or whoever who's mastered chi, they're usually like monks Hmm. or um, like some kind of like extreme, extreme, like athletic person. Right. Because Mm -hmm. or or someone who's like the strongest man in the world, whatever. Right. He can like lift a car and carry it or something. Those things are heavily relied on your chi, your energy, your breath. And I think, which is really, really, like, just, a hor- it was a horrible idea. I don't know who thought about that. They they completely changed what chi was. Yeah. Like, like they just yeah. said that she had strong chi and that she was, she was technically, like, a superhero. Like, she had superpowers. So, they changed, they literally changed from the, like, from the start of, of she, like, wasn't a human. Like, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what really blew me away was like they 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 used it as like a skate. Like, I don't know, like just like a cheap way to say 
well, let's stay in the parameters of being extremely Asian. So let's just pick a word and then let's actually not make her human. So then we as the audience don't have that journey. Like you said, we don't we don't accompany her struggles. We don't we don't get to, you know, when she's like climbing that pole, like that moment was amazing. You don't see her struggle and fall. You actually see her like you said, hide back her talents, right? Yeah. Because that's what her, her father told her to do and hide back her greatness, which, yes, I do think Mulan in the cartoon had a level of greatness, but they they just Absolutely. Changed, they changed all of that. And so, like, you you don't get to, I guess, like, you don't win that. She doesn't, you don't win that moment. Like, it, it's almost like she doesn't deserve that moment because she is a superhero, <laughs> Yeah, two things in response to that. Yes, in the live action reboot, the minute that we meet young Mulan, she is essentially already a warrior. Her dad is teaching her warrior techniques that he picked up when he was a fighter. Like, yes, she is effectively a warrior and we know that she has too much chi. And in the the framework of this movie, it felt like they wanted us to believe that chi meant warrior energy. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely agree. But like, that's not true. Like, I, I don't like, I want to say like, I want to take something from your culture mm-hmm. and just completely change it. Well, that's Disney. I mean, hey, that's right. Disney. <laughs> uh, be, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, like in this film, she means warrior energy, which is highly discouraged and is which is highly discouraged in young girls and in this film, she only belongs to men. Girls should not possess it. And from the onset, we see Mulan as a girl who likes to fight. And that stands to bring dishonor to her family. And what she should be fighting for is effectively being a girl worth fighting for and worth marrying. Yeah. Catch that musical reference. Right. But, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I also think in general... A lot of decisions were made off camera throughout mm-hmm. the movie. We don't really see like a lot of character development. We don't no. see that mo- that moment where she decides to go off to war like we do in the animated. Right. We like cutting that- her hair. Y- yes. There is no dramatic hair cutting. There is none of that in this film. Which, I mean, I, I I kind of digressed when I said that out loud. <laughs> we were watching it with my family, and I was just, like, bitching the whole time. Um, and I did say, that like, That was hey, a traumatic she- moment! Yeah, I was like, hey, she should have cut her hair. And my brother did say, like, well, during that era, during, during that era, in general, you know, men had long hair, so she didn't really have to. Which I which, think this movie corrected. Which I agree, and they didn't, but, but like, she still could have, like, looked like a boy oh absolutely. you know like, absolutely. The, like she already looks so feminine i like i would have bought it i would have bought the fact that she needed to cut her hair and like mess it all up and make it like manly like i would have bought it and you would have been in alignment with what the movie did originally so everyone would have bought it mm-hmm. you know so yeah i hear you like it's like they had the chances to 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 like it, like some 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 choices were very obvious, but they like specifically mm-hmm. decided not to do it for whatever reason because she probably didn't want to cut her hair. Um, but then just demand more, <laughs> demand more in your contract for gonna cut your hair. Hair grows. Or what about a wig? I'm just saying, like, like I mean, there's ways to get around. Yeah, you can do pieces. To. I mean, yeah, you don't have to be in Hathaway in in Les Mis, but um, you know, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> 
Um, can we can we talk Mushu for a second? Oh, can we? Because if you're looking for Mushu, the wisecracking talking dragon voiced by Eddie Murphy, <laughs> you ain't gonna find it in this remake. Mushu is is bye bye. There yeah, is Mushu, no Mushu. Mushu became a Pokemon, y'all. Well, he he <laughs> becomes a Pokemon that follows her and watches over her. Like, anyways, what, go for it. Here's the thing about Mushu. At the time, a couple things. So I had it on as I was prepping this episode. And anytime I would steal a look at Mushu, I would immediately think, that does not look like any sort of Asian dragon I have ever seen. (laughs) So clearly Mushu was the figment of a white Imagineer's imagination who probably like ran Mushu by his like Asian friend. And his Asian friend was probably like, nah, homie, that's not what our dragons (laughs) look like. And this guy was like, Mushu, this is it. Awesome. Yeah, we just put him in anyway. Yeah, which is part of the reason that the 1998 version didn't land well with audiences in China. Mushu was a reason for that. I also right. could also understand how like Chinese audiences would be like, ooh, a talking dragon. Cringy. <laughs> I cannot relate. Like that makes total sense. <laughs> I also felt I also felt like watching the movie was stealing glances, I should say. I think that as I realized that Mushu was cringy and probably only there to sell like stuffed animals. Mm -hmm. While Mushu did add a lot of comic relief. I mean, also Eddie Eddie Murphy. Yeah, absolutely. I don't feel like it was totally necessary and needed. Dare I say I grew up and I feel like Mulan, the reboot kind of grew up with me. And Mm. in that growing up, Mushu had to go because, yes, he added a lot of comic relief. He also was the reason that Mulan was was getting in trouble when she first got into warrior camp. He was quite mischievous. Yeah, I think in the cartoon, it works a thousand percent. You totally. Kind of, you need that, like, that character who's kind of, you know, um, pushing her. And he, in a way, he's almost like a stream of consciousness, too, for people mm-hmm. who um, are, are like our internal, you know, uh, dialogue with Mulan. And, and he guides her and he helps her. And he's also... He's part of the story in terms of like her ancestors. You know, there's a lot of that yeah. in culture in our culture where it's it's it is about making your ancestors proud. It is about understanding that like they paved the way for you and that they're looking out for you and all this stuff. Um, and and I was very when Mulan was first announced, I was very curious because I knew they weren't going to put Mushu in there. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, the 1998 film was made by white people for white people, right? And yes. we just benefited it as Asians and yeah. as kids, especially as kids, right? It's very different if you're an adult watching Mulan, the cartoon. Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, but but I just, I just didn't, re- like, honestly, if that phoenix just, like, poofed, like, Something happened in in post in post production, and the animators didn't do a good job, and they had to like complete takeout. Like the movie doesn't make any. The movie isn't better or worse if if or with the Phoenix, unfortunately. Oh, I 
actually will disagree with you on that. I don't think it makes really? the movie better or worse, but I did really appreciate the bird imagery throughout the film. You did? Yes. I, let me back it up one step because I agree with you. This film definitely, the reboot, I mean, definitely feels like it has one foot in the Eastern world, one foot in the Western world, but this is a very globalized film. Like yeah. Disney definitely made this film for Eastern audience preferences and we're like yo west western people fuck y'all like you guys had the 1998 (laughs) and that is what i appreciated about this film i Mm. appreciated the all of the bird imagery throughout i think that we needed the phoenix obviously was a tie to her ancestors and i think we needed something outside of mulan to for us as an audience to see that someone is is contacting her and is pushing her through her harder mm. moments because we weren't getting a ton of from her yeah we weren't getting a ton I from see her. what you mean we also weren't getting a ton of character development the other thing about mushu is that in the animated his quest mirrors mulan's or mm-hmm. I guess it's, it's parallel to Mulan's. Mulan's right. is essentially finding her place in a man's war. Mushu's is trying to, um, oh God, what is it? He's trying to like find, he's on a quest to, um, he's like, find, he wants, like regain he, honor in his family. I think that's what I'm trying to say. His yeah, place like among the guardians of the Fa family. Yes. And I think in this, instead of that pair, instead of instead of Mushu's journey, we get the sorceress, shape shifting hawk woman played by Gong Li Zhilang, I believe is how you pronounce her name. And I think that that's supposed uh, to be. I don't be, know. I just know her by Gong Li. We'll so. say, yeah, played by Gong Li, who yeah. I loved that character i would have loved to know more about that character we don't get to know enough about her she's fascinating her struggle runs parallel to mulan's because they're both fighting for their place in a man's war they're both fighting the patriarchy in their own ways which i liked i liked seeing that character i wish we would have known more about her because we don't really know if she's friend or foe yeah, I, I really, I mean, I love Gong Li. She's just an oh, amazing she's actress. She deserves, she's like the Meryl Streep of China. She stole um, every scene she was in. Stole it. Yeah, cold. I wasn't crazy about her face makeup situation, but whatever. That's Disney. Oh, um, I and, loved it, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it was like a little too much for me. I think that like it was just trying too hard. I can understand um, that too. And um, I loved Jason Lee. I thought he was an amazing bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. I thought on that end, the, the bad the bad people were casted really well, which I wonder why the good people weren't casted just as well. Um, the, the, uh, the, oh God, the general, the general. Oh yeah, Donnie Yen, he's great. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. was great. I mean, they, they like you said, you, you were spot on where they got Jet Li, they got Donnie Yen, yeah. they got Gong Li. These are all huge famous actors from china Mm -hmm. that have been acting for over 20 years like they are like staples of of what has made chinese cinema so great you know i was expecting to see michelle yo i was i was very saddened that she wasn't i'm sure yeah i'm sure they didn't they didn't i'm sure they considered her but didn't 
but maybe I don't know why they didn't make that would have been good too um and so I understand what you mean like the the phoenix was necessary because you you really didn't get that from her Mm-mm. um when, when you put it in that perspective I do understand why it was needed in that sense um and then yeah I did like I did like the the witch um her her kind of role and her realizing that you know Bulan was accepted by society or that you know she actually kind of helped her in the end yeah um but there was just like I like you said like I wanted more and I don't know if she should have like died like I I I don't know like it would have been cool to see her like live and change sides you know or something that was what I felt too actually yeah like yeah yeah yeah. I I almost wanted to see Mulan almost die and then like her save her or something amazing like that you know I don't know just just more I see what you're saying. I feel like one of the lessons of the movie is like love selflessly and live selflessly. And I feel mm-hmm. like that was what Nikki Kara wanted us to believe that Gong Li's character was doing. Mm. Like, I'm going to help you see who you really are because Gong Li's character said like saw through her immediately and was like, you're yeah. a liar and you need to right. see th- th- you need your... to let the truth of yourself come out. Right. Um, but I see what you're saying. I would have liked for her to not die but for her to continue living on because i do think her character is worthy of a spinoff but uh, apparently but not now because she's dead (laughs) she did um but that movie magic you know you never know right exactly do a prequel i don't know her story like you know how she how she got there like that there's i mean gong li is worthy of of having her own movie which i mean she has many in china but um i digress um yeah. Should we talk tech? Because I feel like this could be a very quick part of the show. Um, but I just have to say, like, what the movie lacked in musical numbers, it made up for in in visually arresting aesthetics. It was a gorgeous film. It was beautiful. I did have issues with, like, the scene after the avalanche and when they show up and see, like, all their warriors dead. It just didn't feel real. Like, the cinematography sometimes was just slightly off because I don't know what, what they had in mind. And the, it, it was like, I felt the same things throughout Aladdin where it was like, I knew it was a studio. Mm. Like, I knew it was like they weren't on a field. And it wasn't really snow. And I just like it just it just took me out of the moment because I was too preoccupied being like, why is the lighting so bad here? And 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 why why is like why does it feel like they are in a room and not outside in nature? Um, so I did I did have like very um, uh, strong feelings about specific moments, which okay threw me out enough <laughs> to not enjoy fully but i mean like aesthetically colors um Ugh. you know the costumes oh my um, god where who knew that new zealand could substitute in for natural parts of china i did not because i know a oh, lot of it was filmed in new zealand oh interesting so many movies are filmed in new zealand um it's, I, who knew it could sub for china 
Yeah, I mean, if I mean, if it could do Lord of the Rings for four years, I That's mean, true. it could it could do anything. Um, I will say that this movie made me really miss the theater experience. Like, I yeah. feel like this is a movie that begs to be seen in a theater. And during the time of COVID, it just this is definitely a casualty of COVID. We're like this. This needs to be on a massive screen, and you should be surrounded by people and smelling popcorn and hearing people laugh, cry, and a kid scream. Like, I really yeah. wanted that theater experience with. Yeah, it is really beautiful. Like, you know, it's Hollywood, right? So like if if you were a woman and you were fighting in war, I would never have my hair down. Right. Like (laughs) my hair is going to get I actually commented about that, too. Yeah, I'm going to get stuck somewhere like the hair will be up and 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 not in my way. But when you see her fight with, you know, her beautiful locks, like it is, it's beautiful with the red. Like mm-hmm. it is really aesthetically, really pleasing to the eye. There's the practical reasons that, that right. I'm sure people will get into, but, but yeah, I think they did, you know, it's Disney and I think they really wanted to make it look nice. Of course. Which they did. So. And the CGI was really, really impeccable. Very mm-hmm. expensive, but very impeccable. Hence yeah. the $30 charge if you uh, are watching it on Disney Plus, I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Um, should we chat about culture? We can, yes. Let's, 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 uh, I don't know how much the, the original one had. So I feel like, well, I agree with you on that. I feel like it, it, it did it, it, uh, Disney does culture. The original one was like, here are a couple of what we think here in the Western world as tenants of Asia of Chinese culture. And we're really going to hit you over the head with those tenants. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like in this one, which I appreciated, there was there, it felt like there you had to have some sort of a foundational understanding of Chinese culture to really appreciate and understand this film. I felt like there were moments where they were spoon feeding it to us. And there were other moments where it was like, this is what it is. You either understand it or you don't. But we're not going to uh, spell it out for you. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I know. Some, some, like my brother, my brother knows, knows um, um, Chinese, Chinese dynasties, dynasties and like in the era, era and like what they wore, like, war, like all that all stuff. That. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think they were. They, were, I, they I, put I, me on in a completely different era. era. Um, I know um, that for know sure. That sure. Ah, I did not know that. Based, based on how they were living, that kind of home is like a specific type of home that that people lived in a specific dynasty in China. Interesting. Um, I do know that, like, people had issues with, like, you know, when she gets, like, done up. And they said, you know, like, during that era, like, they either didn't have those colors or, like, they could have done a much better job. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, like, I didn't, I don't think... Um, some people said too they had issues with like how bright everything was. That's Disney. Yes, everything um, was very flooded with light and color. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It was just like so much color yeah. and a little bit like like too much color, right? <laughs> um, like like it was like like the rainbow on ecstasy. Um, <laughs> and so and so yeah, I I think too. Here's the thing though, like in a cartoon made by white people, you can get away with with things like you know, their armor, not necessarily being specific, pertaining to a specific dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, what war are they specifically fighting? Um, you know, the way they lived, all that stuff. And in a movie, you can't, right? Right, If right. you look at a, at a soldier's armor, you know 
the era they come from. Regardless, I don't care if we're talking Asian, American, mm-hmm. European, whatever. We know, right? Whether it, what they know, at least the experts will know, is specifically on wars and and um and armor. Um and and I just I think they they did a they did a pretty good job. Um and I think it helped with all the um what do you call it like it helped with having all those A-listers, you know, like Gong Li and Donnie Yen and Jet yeah. Li. Um, yeah. Jet Li, Jet, I would mm-hmm. say the Emperor's role, like, I just, I love Jet Li and he's so credible. Like, you believe him as the Emperor, but like, his voice just wasn't, like, he changed his voice. It was just strange. Um, just uh, There was just something off about him. I don't know what it was. I mean, I swooned for Jet Li in this in this film and in this role. I have to tell you, like, I it was Jet Li really just doing Jet Li, <laughs> and I appreciate that Nikki Caro let him do that. Yeah, because I think that that is that sort of foundational grounding energy was what this film needed in a lot of ways, and that is what you get from a performer like Jet Li. Yeah, like, I think they really, like, again, they relied on, you know, the credibility of these actors, you know, like Donnie Yen, he's a martial artist, you know, like, everything that Donnie Yen was doing was him, like, it wasn't a stuntman, you know, Um, and you could tell that next to the girl playing Mulan, because she is not athletically gifted. (laughs) like you could tell who was her stunt double and what was her sorry girl not to talk about you like that but like you could clearly tell when she was surrounded by people who have serious athletic aptitude yeah absolutely um yeah so i mean you know and, and i think they stayed true with like at the end, you know, they show up and they give the sword to Mulan. Like in re- like in real life, like if you want to like a real life action, like in China, that would have never happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> like no emperor would have ever Only seen imagine. the sword. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like my dad was watching it and he just like he had to get up like five times and be like, ah, oh, like I can't do this, you guys, you know, because mm-hmm. like this. He, here's the real truth. If. Ooh, I love a real truth. I'm leaning in. If Disney was smart enough, they want to cater to the China market. They should have hired Chinese cinematographers, Chinese set designers to show that world because they've been doing it for hundreds of years in their own country. So you already got Chinese actors. Why Mm -hmm. don't you just hire Chinese set designers and cinematographers who know how to tell that story, who know how to design and and show that world so it's believable? And I think when they didn't do that, it was hard to believe the story. It was hard to believe Mm -hmm. that she was Mulan. It was hard to believe her story period yeah and i think that's the biggest thing for me is and we can get into the politics about that later but again i don't think they had enough asian people behind the scenes you know i would agree with you yeah and they did it with black panther and it was a hit so you know chadwick boseman rest in power oh but r.i.p like it was almost like the overriding factor of like it was more important to cater to the China market and also to tell the story of a female warrior, which I totally yeah. understand when you think when I think about Nikki Caro and what she does. Right. Mm-hmm. But 
they've also could have done that stuff. Like it wouldn't have hurt to just think about that a little bit more to give the movie the credibility that it really deserves. Um, yeah. You mentioned how this film relies heavily on its star power. And I, I agree with you. I think it not only relied really heavily on the star power to carry it. I think it also relied really heavily on the assumption that the average viewer has already seen the animated film. Yes. Which you for sure you felt throughout, or at least I felt it throughout because I was watching with my fiance and he had never seen the original. And so there were many times where he'd be like, how come this is happening? Like, I think at one point he was like, how did she get so good at fighting? She like, when did she become this amazing warrior? And I realized, and I was answering his question, but I also realized I was answering it from the perspective of having seen the animated film. So I Mm. understand the progression of character and story. And there were many moments like that where he would have a question and I would have a big, long, juicy inference. And he'd be like, how did you get all of that from (laughs) this scene where a decision was essentially made off camera and, and, and we don't really have a lot of backstory because there's a lot of silence in this film. Not. Yeah. I think the first time you hear someone speak after she goes off to war is like, yeah, like there's not much dialogue. Period. Yeah, no. I mean, there's long moments of silence in the animated as well. Don't get me wrong, but there's a noticeable amount of silence in this film for being a live action Disney film. Whereas, and I think in the animated, the silence was really used as a tool mm, in this live action. I wonder if it was more a necessity. I wonder if right. they if they spoke if they uh, had to if they shot it in both English and some sort of Chinese dialect, mm. does that make sense? And so yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the, 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 the silence as a the tool tone. was sort of lost in that regard. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I do want to get into the politics of it. Can we, let's <laughs> table we that. Uh, let's table that for one second. Cause I just want to like run through all of the lessons that we learned in the reboot. <laughs> Cause there's a lot all of right. lessons in this film. <gasps> believe in yourself on and on and on believe in yourself never give up love selflessly live selflessly stand up for what you believe in take charge of your own destiny don't be afraid of yourself don't hide who you are or don't hide your truth everything happens in its own time take charge of your destiny pawns and swords have reflective surfaces and can be used as a mirror when one needs to figure out who they are inside go after your dreams or what you feel you are capable of men and women are equal and women can do whatever boys can do Woo! yeah yeah there's a, a lot, lot of girl. lessons in this film it, yeah it, it's 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 like insurmountable right of like what it's like a mountain of just so much yeah it felt like it was more lesson and less film like i wanted a 50 50 split and i feel like i got like a 75 25 and don't get me wrong these lessons are important to learn it's just a lot of them for a two-hour movie. Yeah, it, it it is a lot, and I and I think a lot of it could have just been told by Mulan being so dynamic. Agreed. You know, absolutely like, agree. You didn't you didn't need to like fluff it up and make it all frou frou and all this stuff. You just needed her to be more dynamic, yeah. and you would have learned so much through the character. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm with you. Um. I wanted to touch back on just real quick, like 
the absence of the they did it what they did it twice they like intertwined um when she's getting ready for the matchmaker mm-hmm. they like intertwined that was like that was maybe my favorite moment because oh. we all know how important music is and i like yeah. i felt so touched and so like finally like they did something that speaks to the little girl and me mm-hmm. and um they didn't do that enough they just simply didn't did not weave they weaved it so beautifully in that moment and i wish they could have weaved a little bit more of 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 the music like the, you know like the whole shang ali shang when he's like let's get down to business uh-huh. to defeat like i mean there's just so much that they could have done just with the music yeah. that would have made people i think happier just like just that yeah i mean the music know? certainly fills an emotional void that this film <laughs> left those void left those emotions open and i wonder if that was by choice yeah i agree i do think i i wonder if it's by choice too but if it is by choice then you have to set us up to feel it or to not feel it right and i think they they didn't do that as well as you could have no. as well as they could have no period. absolutely yeah because you know like think about how you felt before you started the movie and then think about how you felt after there was no like Oh my God, like she's huh. in trouble. Like he's, she's going to get caught. What is she going to do? What are they going to do? He's coming. Watch out. Yeah. Like, there was like, I didn't have any of those thoughts. You know, it was just more, maybe I had the most moments with like Gong Lee being the hawk and the bad guy. Yes. Recently. Same. Yeah. Maybe those were my most like charged moments of like, oh crap, like he's coming or like, is she gonna kill him is he gonna kill her like they're intense like what's gonna happen between them i think those are maybe the biggest like moments i had where i was slightly torn and emotional but other than that yeah the emotional roller coaster that you laid out i definitely did not go on i get and if that's an interesting <laughs> um uh challenge think about how you were emotionally before and after the film i definitely don't feel like I was in much of a different place like I did after yeah. the 1998 version. Um, yeah. But I definitely like it. The movie ended and I was thinking like this movie made you mm, think. I see. And I think the original made you yeah. feel. And I'm not saying yes. that like thinking is bad and feeling is great or vice versa. But yeah, I, I definitely wasn't on the emotional roller coaster. That's for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But let me tell you where there is an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> the controversy surrounding this film and the drama surrounding this film. So Oh much. my god. I mean, I mean, there's a hashtag for this movie and it's not a good one, right? Mm-hmm, if everyone knows. Mm-hmm. And if you if you don't know, I'm going to tell you right now. Tell it's it. called hashtag, hashtag #boycott Mulan. Um, which I'm sure is is not a, a very positive one that Disney, you know, is it's not loving that. Um, and that comes with a slew of 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 events. I think that happened to create that hashtag. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first major one was when Yifei Lu stated on Weibo that. She, I don't know the specific word, but she said, um, I, I agree or I, I support the police in Hong Kong. Um, I think what they're doing is right. Something like that, which then again, sparked a whole lot of controversy in Hong Kong and in America. 
Yeah, she basically aligned with the police brutality that is happening in Hong Kong that is essentially fighting to keep democracy out of Hong Kong. Um, and I think she also supports throw she also supports the the concentration camps or I guess as China oh, calls right. them the voluntary learning centers but that's mm. where the Uyghurs are we'll be doing an episode on the Uyghurs if you are not aware of who they are we will be telling you but just a sh- quick and dirty overview the Uyghurs are uh Chinese are Chinese but they are also Muslim and so they have been sent to these concentration camps or voluntary learning centers, concentration camps for, I want to say like the past 10 years. And it's, it, it's picked up steam as of late. Like we are now here in the West beginning to hear about it. And we are appalled by this treatment. But she stood, uh, she stood for these concentration camps. She also stood for the police brutality. And a lot of people are up in arms about that. A ton of people. Now, to be fair, mm-hmm. the, the process of pre-production of this film started five years ago. So Disney could not have known that their star, who they had all of this potential writing on, was going to say things like this. No one saw the political upheaval uh, that was happening in China and Hong Kong, and no one could have believed that she would side with the enemy, so to speak, or at least the enemy as it as it uh, stands from us here in America. Right. Uh, which is why I asked you top of show if she was super famous, because when I read those comments, the first thing I thought was, oh, she's really trying to solidify, like those comments are political. She's really trying to solidify her spot in the heart of, of in the hearts of the Chinese audience everywhere. And I guess I retract that a little bit and it feels more like she's trying to really rise in ranks and she's trying to maybe become the, the Meryl Streep of China. She's trying to dethrone Gong Li by making these super political statements, even though they are absolutely heinous and disgusting. Yeah. So I just looked it up. Um, she said what she actually stated was, um, I support Hong Kong police. You can beat me now. What a shame for Hong Kong. Um, and then I think they're also having, um, like you just said, the Uyghur um, internment camps. Um, part of the movie was actually filmed in the Xinjiang province, oh. which is where um, where one million Uyghur Muslims have actually been detained. I did not know um, that. Yeah, so these are the these are the controversies um, that they're dealing with, um, and so I think people are, you know, it, again with many things in the world that's happening right now, it's really about what's behind mm-hmm. it right and so i think people are seeing more about things regarding police brutality and um racism and um you know and then hashtag boycott mulan um so and and so i think there is uh, like unfortunately it, it i i think it's like it's sort of ironic it's like Disney made it political and so it became political. <laughs> like you get what is that phrase like you sow you know you sow what you reap you reap, what you, you sow. reap what you sow but it but like you get what you put in like you just 
you know, like it, it's full circle. Um, yeah, I mean, there was still a 68% increase in Disney Plus app downloads. So if that's what they wanted, um, you know. I mean, I, but, but see, I wonder <laughs> if that 68% increase is because of Mulan or because this pandemic is not showing any signs of slowing down and parents that maybe put off getting the app for whatever reason are like, God, let's get this app. And watch Mulan. My kids have run through all of the other content on all of the other streaming platforms. I can't watch... I don't know. What are the the girls watching these days? Baby Shark? I don't know. Shows you how few children I interact with. Um, and like, let's let, let's let's placate these kids with new content, including Mulan, which is thirty dollars on Disney Plus. Which, Disney Plus. depending on what your household is looking like could be worth the money i mean if you're having a big old viewing party like i know that happened a couple times in my neighborhood yes get a couple of families together and pay that 30 dollars and and tucker these kids out while the adults have adult socially distanced beverages like i'm all for it totally Um, to end this entire conversation i will say i am happy that mulan is finally out i feel like we got teased a lot about when it was dropping i'm glad it's finally Mm -hmm. out i you know, it wasn't. Go oh, ahead. I was going to say side note. I auditioned for Mulan in 2018. For Mulan um, for the part? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. So I, wow. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah. So I I went in and I auditioned at the casting office. Um, and I was like a huge like win for me just to be like, I'm being considered for like a huge box office possible hit which it isn't now um and 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 so i just wanted to say like it is it is full circle because it was like you know it was kind of interesting to see like i was grateful that i didn't book it and that's like (laughs) that's like you know it's just just because of everything that happened you know as as an actor you know a lot of it a lot of what what sits on you is what you the movies you make you know, and I wouldn't want to be something I wouldn't be a part of something that I wasn't that I that I'm not proud of. Um, so anyways, just a little side note, but you can go on. I just wanted to let our viewers know. I mean, our, our listeners know. Um, and I think that's why it also does feel a little personal, because when I when I originally auditioned, they like the stuff, the the sides that I got were just very different already. Mm. So from the start, I knew they were going to like change the whole got thing. So anyways, that's just a little fun fact I wanted to let everyone know. Yeah, I mean, look, we were very honest and very hard on this film, but I will end this. Are we too brutal? Well, I'll end this episode by saying this. Regardless of our brutal honesty, regardless of our meh feelings of the film, I still do say go see it. And I say that because of this. I like to see minorities win. The more that we support films like this on a macro and micro level, the more stories like this get made. I'm not saying absolutely go out and spend thirty dollars if you if you really don't have the thirty bucks to spend because I understand that that is an expense. Get with four right. or five friends, split the cost. But for sure, I totally agree. Um, do it for the culture. Yeah, I think exactly. I think regardless of what happened, I do think you know the actors are casualties of of Disney and the way they wanted to tell the stories. When unfortunately, again, you can get someone who is really could be amazing and is amazing or has maybe a better perspective of how to tell the story, but they're not in a position 
to do that. And I think the more we can see Asian actors on screen, um, the more we are inching towards where we can be in a position to tell Mm -hmm. our stories, um, regardless of how it was told and when it was told and and the controversies and the the politics surrounding it, it's still a win. Um, And it's so amazing to see a full Asian cast, um, you know, on screen and, and, and in audiences um, in, in people's homes. Um, So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. After all, I wish Mulan got an R rating and the tagline for the movie was fuck a fairy tale be a legend because that's essentially what Mulan is so that is going to be the sign off for this episode thank you for listening guys we are the black and yellow podcast you can find us on uh, I'm sorry you can find us on Instagram at black and yellow podcast you can find us individually I am Alana Webster at renegade of fun on the gram I'm Jacqueline Chung Young on the gram you can also find us on Apple podcast and Spotify um Please, if you didn't like this episode or love this episode, tell us your thoughts. Rate, review. It helps keep this little baby going. DM us your your thoughts as well. We love hearing um, from our listeners. It absolutely really does make our day and our height and our hearts shine with love. Um, And stay safe. Hang in there. Um, Watch Mulan. And we'll see you guys. We'll hear from you guys next time. Yeah, guys. Suck a fairy tale. Be a legend. We love you. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye.